Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Wednesday. We're halfway there. It is uh, not Mark Reardon. You probably uh, have picked up on that already. It's Joe Beamer filling in for Mark Reardon on this Wednesday. Uh, hope you're having a fantastic mid-week day. I was trying to think of a more fun way to say that, and it just uh, wasn't finding it. But we are here on a Wednesday, and we have a packed show for you. Uh, I'm happy to bring you uh, all the guests we have today, including Brad Young, uh, our go-to legal analyst here on 97.1, David uh, Ditch from the Heritage Foundation. We will have Daniel Turner back on the show. Always great talking uh, with Daniel. Frank uh, Cusimano back. Talked to him on Monday, but since Monday, uh, the Blues lost again, and they have fired their coach. And funny story. I was talking with my co-host here in Buffalo this morning, and uh, you know, I said, "I said, well, we." Uh, I talked on Monday when I was in St. Louis, talked about the Blues' struggles, and he turned to me and goes, well, "Wait a minute, didn't the Blues win that game?" No, no, they did not. They did not help uh, us out here in Buffalo by defeating the Red Wings. Uh, so the Blues have a new coach. We will talk with Frank about that. Dr. Carol Swain. Uh, we'll be talking with her. She's a scholar and political scientist, uh, retired Vanderbilt University professor, uh, and she, uh, um, along with others, are pointing out the uh, Harvard president, Claudine Gay, and some possible plagiarism in some of her work. We'll talk with her about that. Now, I'm uh, 525. Kenny Wallace will be joining us. Kenny Wallace, NASCAR legend, uh, that's going to be one, Sue, where I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to have to contain, uh, I'm talking to Kenny Wallace. I'm talking to a Wallace. Uh, pretty it's happy. really cool. I, I am very excited about this interview. I'm, I'm excited about the whole show. Let's, let's not undersell the show. But I'm excited for 525 uh, with Kenny Wallace. Uh, I Nas- guess he's, is he running in the dirt track? Uh, that's what we'll talk to him about. Uh, I can't wait to discuss this with him. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, he is promoting the dirt track now. I have to admit, I, I watch a lot of NASCAR. Don't get me wrong. I, I love NASCAR, especially the first few races of the season before baseball starts, when it's really the only thing going on. Uh, NASCAR and hockey. Um, but I'm excited to talk to him about dirt track racing because that is, uh, you know, every town, big city and small town has the local dirt track. Oh yeah. You know, and, and I mean that is. That is where people go every Friday or Saturday during the summer all the way through the fall. And uh, I don't care where you're listening to us from. Everyone can relate to that dirt track uh, in town. So I'm excited to talk to Kenny about that. We'll also have our cut of the day. Uh, So just a lot to get to. Obviously, Sue's news as well to kick off the next hour. Uh, Interesting. So I started my day at the local SPCA here in Buffalo. It's the uh, big radiothon here uh, our radio station does with the local SPCA. And, you know, 
it was awesome to start. My show starts at 9 o'clock here Eastern time, and we, and there were just, they didn't put me, thankfully. Now, I, I'm not, I, I don't want to offend anyone. I am not a fan of cats, okay? We had cats when I was a kid. I am not a fan of cats. I love dogs. I am a, I, I have a dog. I will always have a dog. Um, not a fan of cats, and luckily, they put us in the dog adoption room for our show, Beam As and Beamer, on WBEN in Buffalo. And it was great hearing all the stories and the way people use, uh, use the SBC. It was a, a really fun way to start the day. And um, now, like I said, I'm not a fan of cats. My parents, they're looking to, uh, they lost their cat last year. Uh, so they're looking for a cat at the Beamer house, uh, but not. Not my Beamer house. We're not looking for a, a cat. We have uh, our dog, Tucker, and everything's doing fine. But it was a fun way to start the day, you know? It, for one day, it was uh, kind of just putting the seriousness uh, aside and being able to have people tell their uplifting stories and encourage people to come and adopt. And uh, it was just it was a really fun way to start the day, kind of different uh, than usually starting the day. So I, I've been in a really good mood. I'm always in a good mood. But I've been in a really good mood since the, uh, the kickoff of the day and very happy to fill in for Mark Reardon, uh, who will be back tomorrow. I got that correct, right? He will be back tomorrow here on 97.1, and he has a book show. Don't take it away from our show, but he has a book show. He'll be talking with Jason Smith uh, and Wagner. They're both members of Congress. Uh, he'll also be talking with Bill O'Reilly. And by the way, the Congress is getting ready to vote on the Biden impeachment probe, something we'll talk about with Brad Young. Uh, we were given that heads up right here on the Mark Reardon show Monday when we spoke with Congresswoman Claudia Tenney. She talked about that possibly happening today or tomorrow. Well, looks like it's going to be happening today. They will get that impeachment inquiry and uh, start their investigation. You've heard a lot of talk about it, uh, but now it seems like it's actually going to happen. Uh, Hunter Biden was supposed to speak with Congress today. He did not, but he spoke to the uh, he spoke to the media. And I didn't cue these up. I apologize. But if we could uh, get that, we have some audio from Hunter Biden today. And of course, guys, I'm sorry. I'm not. I'm not completely set up with the uh, with the numbers. Here we go. Uh, it is Hunter Biden on number. Oh, gosh. Number 14, Hunter Biden. Here's what he had to say. Now, again, he wouldn't answer the subpoena and speak with Congress, but he did hold a press conference. And here, uh, number 14, is what he said about the GOP House leaders. James Comer, Jim Jordan, Jason Smith, and their colleagues have distorted the facts by cherry-picking lines from a bank statement, manipulating texts I sent, editing the testimony of my friends and former business partners, and misstating personal information that was stolen from me. There is no fairness or decency in what these Republicans are doing. They have lied over and over about every aspect of my personal and professional life, so much so that their lies have become the false facts believed by too many people. So that was Hunter Biden. Again, 
that's the reason to not go to a closed-door hearing when he was subpoenaed. And if you hear most of the media, what are they saying? The GOP subpoena, right? I, I don't remember hearing that uh, the four years that Donald Trump was in office. The Democrat subpoena was, it's a subpoena from Congress. They have to go. Uh, but Hunter Biden uh, refusing to show up, that was what he said about the leaders. Here's what he said about his dad's innocence, number 17. Let me state as clearly as I can. My father was not financially involved in my business, not as a practicing lawyer, not as a board member of Burisma, not in my partnership with a Chinese private businessman, not in my investments at home nor abroad, and certainly not as an artist. So that's what Hunter Biden says. Again, it seems like the evidence is uh, building up that that might not be completely true. Uh, obviously, that's what this impeachment inquiry will be about. Um, and if you heard our interview with Congresswoman Claudia Tenney on Monday, uh, she said as much that, you know, they've got emails, they've got communications uh, that state otherwise when it comes to Joe Biden, when it comes to Joe Biden's brother. Uh, you know, and, and I, I will just say this and this this goes for a lot of politicians. But, you know, you go to Congress, you go to Washington to serve. And then you somehow become, you know, millionaires and you're you go to Washington. I'm not saying you go to Washington broke, uh, but you go to Washington and, and, and you come out of Washington and with all these deals. You know, who, who, once you're out of the out of office, you know, it seems like you can do two years in Congress. You can do 12 years in Congress. As soon as you're done, you miraculously have this job waiting for you uh, somewhere. We're seeing that now in Western New York. And, and this is a, a congressman in Western New York. Now, he and I politically don't agree on anything, um, but I have a lot of respect. He always, he, he's always been one to answer my calls when I need him on a show. But he's stepping away from Congress in, uh, in February. He's already got this great paying job waiting for him. He, he, will, uh, he will put his resignation in in February. And he will now go, you know, walk away and have a, a six-figure job waiting for him as long as he wants. Uh, and a member of his staff, a longtime member of his staff, just ended up at the Water Authority. Uh, so it, it's funny how that happens in politics. Uh, and Joe Biden's no different. The, 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 the turn back here is Joe Biden's no different. He, he's, you know, uh, where is he getting his money from when he was not in office? And it just seems like now, and again, this is from what we hear from in Congress. We haven't seen this proof, but it does seem as if the evidence is mounting that what Hunter Biden just said, again, he wasn't um, under oath because he refused to go to the hearing. Uh, it seems like we can poke some holes in what Hunter Biden is saying. So that is what is on the table for today, especially in our first uh, segment talking with Brad Young. I just think it's interesting that, you know, uh, he, he breaks subpoena. Now, you can, we can play devil's advocate here, right? We can say, well, he said, I'm here to talk and I'll talk in public. And I'm sure if you're on the other side of the aisle, you would say, well, just talk to him in public. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not a legal mind. We'll ask Brad what the problem with that is or the problem not is. Maybe Brad sees it the same way as Hunter Biden. Um, but, you know, he was subpoenaed for this closed-door uh, uh, hearing, and he has declined to participate in that. He has given the press conference. He's also gone on Moby's podcast. I didn't even know Moby had a podcast, uh, but somehow he got Hunter Biden on the Moby podcast. I, I have to be honest, I have not heard from Moby since he did that song with Gwen Stefani, and that may have been 23 years ago or even longer, so... 
I, I, I'm sorry that I have not been in tune with Moby for the last 23 years, but uh, apparently he and Hunter Biden did a, podca- a podcast together where Hunter Biden felt free to talk, then he felt free to talk at this press conference. Uh, but when it when it comes to a under oath hearing in front of Congress, uh, it seems like he is not willing to do so. Hey, before we go to break here, I just want to let you know uh, or tell you to join KEZK. Uh, 102.5, that's the Christmas station. 97.1 FM Talk, that's what you're listening to right now. And KMOX for an evening of purpose at the first ever Give Back Trivia Night. That is January 5th. I hope I'm saying this right, at the Moolah Shrine Center. Secure your tables of 10 for just $200. That's only $20 a person. Tables of 10 include complimentary wine and beer. Uh, I'm sold. A significant portion of the proceeds will go towards making a positive impact at SSM Health Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital. This holiday season, become a beacon of hope for children by supporting the hospital's Tree of Hope campaign which facilitates crucial programs essential to a child's recovery. Don't wait. Reserve your tables now at 971talk.com slash events. When we come back, we are talking with Brad Young. He is our legal analyst here at 97.1. He is with Harris, Dow, Fisher, and Young. We've got a lot of legal stuff to talk with him about when we come back here on 97.1 FM Talk. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. In for Mark Reardon here on 97.1 FM Talk. It is Wednesday, December 13th, 12 days till Christmas, and we are joined by Brad Young. He is our legal analyst here. He's with Harris, Dow, Fisher, and Young. Brad, great to talk with you again. Joe, it's always a pleasure. Now, I want to get to the Hunter Biden stuff, but first, this is breaking. Uh, a judge has paused the Trump election interference case. Uh, that could delay the March trial. Uh, Brad, what can you tell us about this? Well, if the if the trial gets delayed, and again, this is a story that I haven't seen yet, so give me a few more of the details, would you? Oh, yes, I'm sorry. The, uh, the federal judge overseeing Donald Trump's 2020 election interference case has temporarily paused all procedural deadlines while appeals over a major issue play out. So I, I believe oh, okay. while this is being Here- at the Supreme Court. Yeah, exactly. Because what has happened is, is that uh, Jack Smith has appealed a very narrow question. And this very narrow question is this. Can Trump be prosecuted uh, for the January 6 activities or does he have immunity? Now, generally speaking, Joe, the president has uh, official immunity for things that he or she does in furtherance of the business of the presidency. However, the argument is with regard to January 6th that the president was not 
fulfilling his presidential duties, but was rather fulfilling duties related to either uh, potential reelection or a continuation in office, which would be different than his official duties. So the, the, the closest analogy to this, and again, I'm not necessarily making a, a comparison to Richard Nixon, but in, in, when Richard Nixon was president, the issue was whether he had immunity with regard to the cover-ups of the Watergate break-ins. And the decision was he did not because that wasn't in the official capacity of the presidency. So this is much, much the same type of an issue, Joe. And so the deadlines when it comes to the criminal trial are being paused at the moment until the Supreme Court decides whether they'll take it and what they'll do with it. Brad, uh, maybe this is an unfair question, but in your legal opinion, how do you think it's going to play out at the Supreme Court? Well, the question is really going to come down to what does it mean to say presidential duties? Uh, From what he did, I've listened to the words that he said over and over and over again. And from an objective, I'm not pro-Trump, I'm not anti-Trump, but just from an objective listening to what the president was saying on January 6th, he was not fulfilling any specific presidential duties. He was arguing for the for the uh, for his contention that the election was false and that he should remain in office. So by definition, that would be a reelection type of an activity, not an activity with regard to the fulfillment of the actual duties of the presidency. So if you look at it from that respect, I think that he is subject to prosecution. Uh, It's not going to be a unanimous vote at the Supreme Court, but I do think you would get enough of a majority at the Supreme Court who would see it that way to at least allow the case to move forward. Now, keep in mind, I need to clarify. These things, Joe, get very complex. So let me make sure that we clarify. The sole issue is not whether Trump is or is not guilty of any criminal activity. The sole question is whether or not he can be prosecuted for criminal activity, not whether he's innocent or guilty. And I think the Supreme Court will decide that he can be prosecuted without reaching a decision, of course, on the merits of whether he is or is not guilty. Interesting stuff. I'm sure this won't be the last we talk about that. Um, And now today, uh, Hunter Biden was set to speak to Congress. He said he's not going to testify uh, closed doors. He will testify publicly. uh, But ignoring that subpoena, Brad, what could Hunter Biden be facing? Well, it's a serious charge, Joe. Uh, the, the president has, or rather Congress has the authority, the legal, constitutional, uh, and court-appointed authority to issue subpoenas. In fact, the Supreme Court said this going back to 1957, and I'm quoting here, Joe, the power of the Congress to conduct investigations uh, is inherent, and it is unquestionably, this is the important part, it is unquestionably the duty of all citizens to cooperate with Congress in its efforts to obtain facts needed for intelligent legislative action, unquote. So the Supreme Court itself has verified and validated that people must comply with the subpoena. They don't get to pick and choose. They don't get to say, I agree with part of it, but not another part of it. Your job is to comply with the subpoena or char- uh, file a legal action stating that the subpoena is invalid. In this instance, there's I'm not going to go through all the steps that it takes to prove the validity of a subpoena, Joe, but I've looked at it. It's it's valid. So Hunter has to respond. Now, here's the interesting part, Joe, if that's not interesting enough. If, if Hunter decides to maintain his position here, 
where he's refusing to comply with the subpoena. Under the law, that goes to the U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of Columbia. Now, in my mind, that creates a conflict of interest because if this goes to the U.S. Attorney's Office, that's under the direct control of the president and the president has a conflict of interest. So if Hunter Biden refuses to comply, in my opinion, a special prosecutor would have to be appointed because the U.S. Uh, Attorney's Office has a, an inherent conflict of interest because they are under the direct control and authority of the president. Now, when he says he'd rather testify publicly but not um, behind closed doors, explain what's the benefits to a a closed-door hearing and, you know, the obvious benefits to a public hearing. Well, in a closed-door setting, as the name implies, Joe, it's not open to the public. Uh, even though there is a transcript that's taken, it's considered to be uh, uh, confidential, it's sealed, and, and you don't get to hear every question, nor do you get to hear every answer. So what this is, this is a PR stunt on behalf of Hunter Biden to say he would testify publicly. Uh, but in reality, he doesn't get to make that decision. That's a decision that's made by uh, Congress when they issue the subpoena. So, you know, he can say, listen, I'll only testify in the restroom of a 7-Eleven in Pagedale, Missouri. But that he doesn't get to set the qualifications uh, on how he complies with that subpoena. I should have asked you this before the one I just asked you, but uh, contempt of Congress, where would that rank in the legal uh, troubles facing Hunter Biden? <laughs> well, it would probably uh, it would be at, towards the lesser end of the problems that he has. The, the, the criminal offense of contempt of Congress sets the penalty at no more than 12 months in prison and a fine of no more than one hundred thousand dollars. So when you compare his drug charges, his gun charges, his uh, charges with regard to purchasing a firearm while he was actively using marijuana and other drugs, those all have potential prison sentences, Joe, in, great, in excess of 12 months in jail. So this would be less than those other charges, but it would also be additive. In other words, it's not like you could I'll rope all this together and say time served covers everything. This would be in addition to other criminal fines or penalties uh, that he that could be assessed against him. And then we have the impeachment probe, the impeachment inquiry going around Congress. Um, you know, Brad, I, this kind of seems like a silly question because I feel like if you've been following politics for the last six years, uh, you know all too well of an impeachment inquiry. This is nothing new. It is nothing new. And in fact, what we're seeing today with regard to Hunter Biden's response to the subpoena, Joe, is exactly the reason why the Republicans are voting to continue this inquiry process. Because if the inquiry process isn't continued, then Congress would lose the ability to issue subpoenas. And as we see right here, Hunter Biden has no interest in complying with the subpoena. And so uh, that's this is the exact reason why the inquiry has to move forward. Now, I will tell you, I've looked at the evidence so far that we've we've heard about and seen publicly. I don't think right right now there's evidence that would justify an impeachment. Now, there's a lot of smoking guns. There's a lot of anecdotal evidence of of hundreds, if not thousands of emails from President Biden using a pseudonym, using an anonymous email account. Uh, there's uh, anecdotal evidence of of 
of now President Biden getting paid money from the Hunter Biden business assets. Uh, and there's also anecdotal evidence of him being involved in telephone calls with Hunter Biden's business associates. But right now, I'm not aware of any actual evidence of a crime, which under the Constitution you would have to have, unlike uh, the the impeachments against President Trump that were not based upon criminal activity, but just because they didn't like him. Uh, the Constitution specifies that impeachment requires a high crime or a misdemeanor in order to pro- go forward with that impeachment process. I haven't seen that with President Biden yet, but that's what this investigation is designed to determine whether there is or is not evidence of criminal activity. Oh, so much to follow. You know, it's the holiday time, Brad. You know, and there's so much, so much to follow. As I know, we, uh, I know. I, I don't know how you, how, how do you fit in time to read this when everyone's out ordering their, you know, their Christmas holiday lattes that cost nine bucks at Starbucks. You know, I, I, it, it's hard to fit it all in. It, it really is. Now, Brad, last question. This is a curveball, so if you, you can just say pass because I didn't give you a heads <laughs> up. This is a complete non-political curveball, uh, but it's something I talked about on my Buffalo show this morning. Uh, I'm sorry, yesterday morning, and it's about these uh, these new cars or, or this proposal to have um, this system in your car that could detect if you had been drinking, okay? Yes. Uh, I mean, the legal issues with something like this, a car that wouldn't start and be, uh, you know, mandated. I mean, there's there's got to be so much uh, uh, backlash when it comes to the law uh, that this would never hit the roads. Correct. Boy, that's a great question. Here's 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 what I know about it. And here's where I think the focus will be. Uh, Any regulation from Congress has to be and or any regulation from an agency has to be reasonably tailored to achieve a specific result. So in this instance, I think the challenge, the legal challenge would be, it's not, it's not uh, tailored to, to achieve a specific result because it could be bypassed fairly easily. You could let someone else in the car, you know, blow into the meter. Uh, there might be a fan in the car that would detect uh, the presence of alcohol in a breath, but that could come from the passenger as equally as it could come from the driver. So there are multiple problems with this proposed regulation that could prevent its implementation. Now, I will tell you that the, the agencies in the federal government do have a duty and responsibility to make cars safer, and that would presumably include making sure that intoxicated people aren't driving. But this particular action that you've talked about uh, w- would would have a lot of problems in terms of proof uh, because it would be so easy to spoof. Uh, I think it would take a lot of litigation before that could get implemented. All right, hey Brad, uh, always great talking with you. It's been it, it's been nice getting to know you and talk to you uh, over the year, and I look forward to talking with you in 2024. Absolutely, Joe. Yeah, it's great to talk to you, sir. That is Brad Young. He is our legal analyst with Harris, Dow, Fisher, and Young. We are very uh, lucky to have him here at 97.1 FM Talk. When we come back, we're speaking with David Ditch from the Heritage Foundation after this on 97.1 FM Talk. I don't like talking during Christmas music, but uh, it is a talk show. Welcome back. Joe Beamer in for Mark Reardon here on 97.1 FM Talk. Um, I just got... I hate when this happens, and I don't want to be overly critical. I realize that we're 12 days outside of Christmas, and it's the holiday season. I cannot stand when I have my whole day planned, right? And I was planning to go to the gym today after the show and get my workout in, and I just just now got an app alert 
that the gym's closing at 5. Well, you know, if I would have known that, I would have been able to plan out my afternoon, right, get everything done. I had a a lot of time between my Buffalo show and being on the air here in St. Louis. Tons of time to go to the gym, but I thought, I'll take a nap. I'll straighten some things up at home because when I'm done with the show, I can go get my workout in. And I just got an app alert. Gym closes at 5 today. Sorry for the inconvenience. Well, I am a little inconvenienced, but you know what? I guess that's, it's 30 degrees here. I'm not going out for a run outside. So I guess that is uh, my excuse to not work out today. (laughs) But I just, I understand now they can get the, I'm glad they got the word out to me now instead of me walking up to the gym after the show and it being closed and, you know, being upset that way. But I like to think of myself as a good time management and uh, our time manager and uh, just was not a, did not work out in my favor today, but that's all right. That's all right. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying I would have liked a little more of a, of a newsflash. Uh, We are getting on the line and uh, hopefully soon talking with David Ditch. He uh, wrote a piece for the Heritage Foundation on the Heritage Take. America is taking a high-speed train to bankruptcy, and uh, he had some really good points that he was making there, hoping to uh, catch up with him in the next few minutes. Uh, Don't forget, after the top of the hour news, we'll be talking uh, with Sue. We'll have Sue's news. We'll have Daniel Turner. Uh, It's been great getting to talk with Daniel uh, over the last few months. Frank Cusimano, it's back. And I said this on Twitter Monday. I could do a whole hour with Frank. I really could. I could probably do more than an hour. uh, Talk sports. I had three questions I wanted to ask him on Monday that we didn't get to. Luckily, we'll get to them today. Uh, One of those things, we'll be talking about the Blues, uh, but I also want to get his thoughts on um, the Cotton Bowl, which Missouri will be playing in on the 29th against Ohio State. I am a huge college football fan, so I'm excited uh, for that. I'm a big Virginia Tech guy, uh, but I'm very happy for the success that Missouri has had this year and um, we'll talk with Frank about that. Dr. Carol Swain, I talked with her. Uh, she will be joining us. Kenny Wallace, that's going to be great. And then the, uh, the cut of the day. So lots to get to. Now, uh, we were talking with Brad last segment, and we'll get David Ditch on here hopefully in a few seconds. We're talking with Brad last segment. And, you know, the, the thing about the, the, the last question I asked him about these cars uh, that could detect alcohol in the car. Now, I used to be an Uber driver. I'm not anymore. Uh, but I used to be an Uber driver right before the pandemic, uh, in the first few months of the pandemic, because, you know, one person would be like a $50 payout. You can't turn that kind of money down. Um, but I can just think, if you're an Uber driver, and it's the system that detects alcohol, well, let's be honest, if you're an Uber driver, you're, you're making money Friday and Saturday nights You don't need your car to not drive because you're a passenger. You're the designated driver. So I think there's some kinks to work out in the system. Hey, I think we can all agree. We all want to get drunk drivers off the road, right? I mean, obviously, no one wants to, no one supports drunk driving. That's not the point. Uh, But you don't want someone to be stuck. You know, hey, I have this plan. My buddy's going to come pick me up. I got a designated driver. Uh, We're all set. And then you get in the car and it doesn't drive. That was the issue. Um, that I think people are having. So it's not that people don't want to get drunk drivers off the road. That's not the argument. The argument is, is this a system that's going to know, okay, that's the driver, not the passenger, or that's the passenger, not the driver, uh, because if they mandate these in cars, which I've never for, you know, uh, whatever, um, if they mandate these in cars, 
if you're an Uber driver, if you're a taxi driver, um, that's I mean, that's just going to take away from business. I mean, part of your business is being able to pick people up on weekend nights and get them home safely. Uh, so that was the point of that question, and it was a interesting topic uh, that we had here uh, on my show in Buffalo uh, yesterday. So we are still trying to get with David Ditch. A good time to remind you that... Well, to ask you to join KEZK 97.1 FM Talk in KMOX for an evening of purpose at the first ever uh, Give Back Trivia Night on January 5th at the Moolah Shrine Center. Secure your tables of 10 for just $200. That's only $20 a person. Tables of 10 include complimentary wine and beer. A significant portion of the proceeds will go towards making a positive impact at SSM Health Cardinal Glennon Children's Hospital. This holiday season become a beacon of hope for children by supporting the hospital's Tree of Hope campaign, which facilitates crucial programs essential to a child's recovery. Don't wait. Reserve your tables now at 971talk.com slash events. And uh, hope that you will be signing up for that. Sounds like a great event. Get those tables uh, secure now. I love the idea of a of a party after the holidays. You know, a lot of people have their holiday gathering in January after all of the commotion of the holidays. And this is for a great cause. Get those tables now. And hey, $200 for 10, that's $20 a person. And that includes complimentary wine and beer. That's a, that's a pretty good deal. And again, it's going to a great cause. Um, so, I mean, it's always a Good thing when you put your money towards uh, a cause as good as this one. Uh, Joe Beamer filling in for Mark Reardon here on 97.1 FM Talk. Now, we will be getting about this bankruptcy thing, but let's go to some of the news of the day. uh, Because this is something that continues to just frustrate me, okay? I can't think of a better word, but frustrate me. And, And it's the... The ongoing issue at the border. So I'd like to play clip 30. This is from the uh, presidential press conference, whatever they call it, the daily briefing. Uh, Peter Ducey had a question about the border. Uh, Here is the question and answer. In the last 24 hours, 10,000 illegal border crossings, southwest border. Would you admit that the border policy, the Biden border policy so far has not worked? What I will say is that we have known for decades, for decades, that the immigration policy is, the immigration system is broken. We've said that over and over again. That has been Republican administration and Democrat administration. That is not unheard of. That is what we have seen for the past couple of decades. The, pre- wait, the president has put forth an immig- immigration, a comprehensive immigration policy legislation uh, on his first day to deal with this issue. Republicans refuse, they refuse to deal with this issue. It's been almost three years since he put forth that that legislation. So we're gonna do what we can do from here, but we have said this is something that needs to be dealt with in a bipartisan way, in a bipartisan way. Can we just remember why we're in the situation we're in? Why we have the borders overflowing? Why we have, I don't know what it's like in Missouri, but why in, we have in New York, there is a hotel that's right by the station that I'm broadcasting from that is not open to anybody because the state has paid it out uh, until, I think, next summer to house, and let's just say, what illegal immigrants. 
And, and why are we in this situation? Why do we have major cities full of tents throughout the country? Why is San Francisco the mess that it is? Why? Because you had one side of the aisle that couldn't, uh, God forbid, they said uh, Donald Trump said something correct. They couldn't do that. So they had to go completely the other way, right? Oh, we can't deny people. Let me just say this. In the, I think I speak for most people. Yes, we, we, we are open to people coming to this country, but you got to do it the legal way. We have a legal system in this country, and that the rules, rules are meant to be followed, right? All right? When I was in my late teens and early 20s, I got a lot of speeding tickets. Why? I didn't follow the rules, all right? No, uh, that, that's just that. The, there's rules to follow. And, yeah, we, we, we have to have secure borders, okay? Again, I, I am not saying uh, to just completely close immigration. No one's saying that. I don't think there's a person out there saying that. But when you have 5,000 people crossing the border a day, we don't know who these people are. We don't know where they are. There are people in this country, we have no idea, A, that they're here, and B, where they are. And now, finally, you've got uh, Mayor Eric Adams in New York City, right? You've got other mayors uh, throughout the country that are, are, are saying, well, we got to do something about this. Well, we're in this situation because it was people like Mayor Eric Adams, like uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo and Governor Kathy Hochul. Uh, and I'm sorry, I know I'm bringing a lot of local references. Uh, Governor Gavin Newsom in California. These blue state governors, these blue city mayors claiming, oh, we're a sanctuary city. Everyone's welcome. Well, now you see what happens when everyone is welcome. Again, in, 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 let's let's. Look in reality here. Everyone is welcome. But you got to do it the legal way. When you just walk into a country, I mean, seriously, I live 20 minutes from the border of Canada. If I just, well, it would be very difficult for me to walk into Canada. I'd have to walk over water. But if I just swam up uh, from Buffalo to Fort Erie, Canada's not going to, you know, even with Justin Trudeau, I'm probably going to get sent back. But we have just, our, 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 our borders are wide open, and there's one reason. And it's because you had a political party that their mission for four years were to just do the complete opposite. Donald Trump could never be right. And, and this is coming from someone who I, I think the Republican Party would be better off putting up a Ron DeSantis, right? I've, I've been very uh, vocal about that. Um, but... The Democrats could not agree with Republicans on this, and they had to go the complete opposite. I mean, you had, uh, you had elected officials in this country that were putting on social media ways to avoid ICE. I mean, seriously, they want to talk about democracies and jeopardy. They want to talk about, oh, my gosh, it would be awful for this country if Donald Trump was ever back in the White House. And they're saying it like it's okay to say, hey, are you in this country illegal? I, an elected official, am going to help you evade ICE, evade law enforcement. You had elected officials that were giving tips on how to avoid law enforcement. Why? Because no matter what Donald Trump said, we had to do the opposite. We had to go 100% opposite of what Donald Trump is saying. So you know what? I don't feel bad for the mayors of these blue cities. 
of these blue, the governors of these blue states that for four years were talking about how they were a sanctuary city, a sanctuary state. And if you have illegally crossed the border, come on up. And why did they say this? Well, they said this because New York is not on the southern border, right? California is. Um, but they didn't think that, you know, you would have illegals bust up from Texas and from Florida. And then when it finally happened and, you know, you had hundreds of thousands of, uh, of people. Now, oh, now it's a problem. And the White House continuing to double down. Right? Oh, we couldn't have a wall. The, 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 the visual. Remember this? This was Hillary Clinton's campaign. We have to build bridges, not walls. And again, I, I will go back to say what I, what I always say. I am, we are welcoming. I, I think the United States of America is a welcoming country. But if you want to come to the greatest country that, that ever exists, and I believe even in our worst of times, right, if you disagree with leadership in Washington, um, I, I believe even today we are the greatest country in the world. And we want you. You just have to follow the laws. There is a right way to get into this country, and it's not running over the border and hiding. That's just not, that's not it. Uh, when we come back, we'll have Sue's News. It's Joe Beamer in for Mark Reardon here on 97.1 FM Talk. Get more at 971talk.com. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.